Heavenly Father, you truly are the honored guest here. I pray I would just fade out and your word would go forth and accomplish that for which you've prepared it to in every life present here. We love you. We adore you. We're so grateful for your son, Jesus. We'll never be the same, Lord. We thank you. Be blessed this morning in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Woo. So the message is titled Ministering to the Lord. And essentially, this is a serious ministry when we minister to the Lord. We're going to be in two places. If you'd like to turn there, you can mark your Bible in Revelation 1, and you can turn now to Exodus 28, which is where we'll begin. So I'm going to read to you from Exodus 28. This is God talking to Moses. It says, Now take Aaron, your brother, and his sons with him from among the children of Israel, that he may minister to me as priest. Aaron and Aaron's sons, Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar, and you shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, for glory and for beauty. So you shall speak to all who are gifted artisans, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister to me as priest. And these are the garments which they will make, a breastplate, an ephod, a robe, a skillfully woven tunic, a turban, and a sash. So they shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, and his sons, that he may minister to me as priest. They shall take the gold, blue, purple, and scarlet thread and the fine linen, and they shall make the ephod of gold, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and fine woven linen, artistically worked. Think of the detail on that, huh? God is very specific with the details as he prepares to be ministered to. Exodus 28, verse 41 says, So you shall put them on Aaron your brother and on his sons with him. You shall anoint them, consecrate them, and sanctify them, that they may minister to me as priests. Then it goes on in Exodus 29, verses 1 through 12. And this is what you shall do to them, to hallow them for ministering to me as priests. Now this gets really detailed. And it says, take one young bull and two rams without blemish and unleavened bread and unleavened cake mixed with oil and unleavened wafers anointed with oil. You shall make them of wheat flour. You shall put them in one basket and bring them in the basket with the bull and the two rams and Aaron and his sons. You shall bring to the door of the tabernacle of meeting and you shall wash them with water. Then you shall take the garments, put the tunic on Aaron and the robe of the ephod, the turban on his head, or the robe of the ephod and the breastplate, and gird him with the intricately woven band of the ephod. You shall put the turban on his head and put the holy crown on the turban, and you shall take the anointing oil and pour it on his head and anoint him. Then you shall bring his sons and put tunics on them, and you shall gird them with sashes. Aaron and his sons and puts hats on them. I mean, look at the detail of this presentation to minister. These of all of Israel, these men were set apart to minister 
to the Lord. And this is the great detail that goes into preparing them to be a ministry to the Lord. So you shall consecrate Aaron and his sons. You shall also have the bull brought before the tabernacle of meeting, and Aaron and his sons shall put their hands on the head of the bull. Then you shall kill the bull before the Lord by the door of the tabernacle. You shall take some of the blood of the bull and put it on the horns of the altar with your finger and pour all the blood beside the base of the altar. I tell you what, if you were involved in a preparation like that, it's not something you would soon forget, huh? That is something that would be etched in your memory forever, the great detail and preparation. Some people might even um, discount, like, is this even, like, why would God do this? Go to such great lengths and so much detail to prepare these men to minister to him. Well, do you know that to receive ministry is no different than what you and I, to something to, that ministers to us has great detail. So I'm imagining, not to make light of this um, sacred preparation, but say us ladies that like to get pedicures. You know, all of us have things that minister to us. So say if you're into pedicures, you go to the salon, you have the basin of warm water, you soak your feet, and then they do a little scrubbing, and you you sometimes pay extra for these things. I took my daughter, Ella, to get a pedicure, and I dropped her off at the pedicure place. She's 12 now. She can be alone for a short period. So I drop her off at the pedicure place and I go over to get some stuff at Costco. And while they're doing her nails, they start upselling her on like everything. They're like, do you want extra massage? Do you want this special cream? And she's just, yes, yes, yes. I want it all, all the details, all the little parts. I mean, her bill was like $70. She's 12 years old. And I, I mean, she had a gift card. And so she, I just kept saying, yes, mom. Well, the details were ministering to her. Every little thing, the hot towel wrap. And maybe there's some of you here who that ministers to you to get a pedicure and all those details. Some of you, that doesn't minister to you. My mom is one of those people. When she goes to the nail salon, she does not want anyone scrubbing her feet. She's very ticklish, so that's not fun for her. So she just goes in and gets a polish change where they just change your polish and they don't mess with you. That ministers to my mom. Everyone has a different way that they receive ministry. But this was the Lord giving these details of how these men were to prepare themselves so that he would be ministered to. And the details, aren't the details important? Details matter. It's those little things. So he lists out these things. And these items explain important events of the gospel. In the Old Testament, it was animal blood that had to be shed. In the New Testament, Jesus's blood. And these had there had to be a payment for sin. There had to be a process of sanctification. And we might think, well, maybe the Lord likes the smell of barbecue. So he puts all these animals on the altar and the aroma goes up and that's ministers to him. I don't know, but that is the details there. So they go on to say, so I will consecrate the tabernacle. This is Exodus 29, 44. So I will consecrate the tabernacle of meeting and the altar. And I will also consecrate both Aaron and his sons to minister to me as priests. And then Exodus 30, 30 says, and you shall anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them that they may say it with me 
minister to me as priests. And then Exodus 40, 15, you shall anoint them as you anointed their father, that they may minister to me as priests. For their anointing shall surely be an everlasting priesthood throughout generations. Now, I didn't, I don't know where I left off, but I think I'll start at verse 20 in Exodus 29. It says, then you shall kill the ram and take some of its blood and put it on the tip of the right ear of Aaron and on the tip of the right ear of his sons, on the thumb of their right hand and on the big toe of their right foot and sprinkle the blood all around on the altar. And you shall take some of the blood that is on the altar and some of the anointing oil and sprinkle it all on these fancy garments, these artisans so skillfully prepared. And now it's got blood and oil all over it. And you shall sprinkle it on his sons, their garments, and on the garments of his sons, and his garments shall be hallowed, and his sons and his sons' garments. Do you know the word minister means to serve? If you can imagine ministering to the Lord not much different than ministering to you. If you like to be served, when you go to a restaurant, you know who is seated. Now they call, they used to call them waiters and waitresses, but now they call, when you go to a restaurant, they're called servers, right? So when you're being served, you're seated and the server is standing and you get to they ask, well, what would you like? And nowadays, you can order whatever you, even if it's on the menu in one fashion. Are there any people here who modify everything about their meal? Growing up, when you went to a restaurant, you just ordered what was on the menu. And if you had to pick stuff out, that's what you did. But nowadays, you can go into great detail to have it ministered to you, even your food, exactly how you like it. You'll say, well, take that off, and I'll add some of that, and I don't like that cheese. Can you substitute that cheese for this cheese? And, you know, even our steaks, well, I want medium rare, but not too pink, but not too well done. And we're very specific because that ministers to us. So you see the detail with which God went into to prepare these men, both in the cleansing of their bodies and on in the cleansing spiritually too, to prepare them to minister to them to Him. We love to be served. We love to be ministered to. And oftentimes we will bring our mighty list before God and say, Lord. These are the details. If you could just work this out for me, I have this item here, and this is what I would like you to do, and I'm going through this over here, and if you could just fix this just like this, that would be such a blessing to me. But oftentimes, we don't even consider how our lives can minister to God, ministering to the Lord himself. And I'm going to show you in a little bit what ministers to the Lord. Now, here's where it gets exciting for me. As we're studying this, this is Old Testament. This is all the details they had to go through for sanctification, for purification, to minister to the Lord. Turn with me to Revelation 1, verse 4. It's talked about them being preparing these men, Aaron and his sons, to minister to the Lord as priests and kings. Revelation 1, 4 says this, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you. 
and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and watched us from our sins in his own blood and has made us, say us, made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You, because of Jesus Christ being the, the ultimate paying the ultimate price for you to be cleansed once and for all from all sin, washed in the blood of Jesus. Now you have been made kings and priests, kings and priests to minister freely to the Lord. Like these men had to go through so much to be made kings and priests. The Bible says to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests. Amen. So now we can minister to the Lord. We can minister to God right where you're at. You have been made clean and been made right before the Lord to minister freely to him. Are standards important when being ministered to? You know, Pastor Jerry shared this message, and um, he shared a story. He was working as the national youth director in Los Angeles, and every so often he would be in his office, and he would smell the scent of Thai food kind of sweeping through the office there. And he thought, ooh, this smells so amazing. But he was always too busy to join the team for Thai food. But one day, he had time in his schedule. So he ran out of his office and said, we need to get some of that Thai food. I have time for lunch, and I want that Thai food I've been smelling. So they called in their order. He was getting so excited to eat this Thai food. And they called in, and the, the place said, we can make it, but it's going to be two hours before we can get it to you. We're very busy. So they said, okay, well, we'll come pick it up. How's that? They said, great, it'll be ready in 30 minutes. Oh, he's salivating. He's so excited for this Thai food. So they get the address, and they're driving around looking for this restaurant. They're driving around looking for the restaurant, and they're in a neighborhood, and they said, this surely can't be where the Thai food is. There's not even a sign uh, out labeling the restaurant. It's just like a little doorway, but that was the address. So Pastor Jerry begins to walk into the, the, uh, the, the business there, and he sees on the front door the letter D. He's like, what is that? there for. He gets into the restaurant and he realizes it's just kind of like a hole in the wall. There's just a little kitchen. They don't even have a counter where the food is, um, you know, waiting for them. It's like a table that they've just set up. And he says to the lady, you know, you have a D on the front door. That's a D rating. Like in food standards, they're like one above an F. And they get a D. And, and then Pastor Jerry says, you know, there's a D on your front door. And the lady says, oh, we didn't know they were coming. Like the, the people that come to, to, to review your restaurant didn't warn them. So they essentially failed. So they pick up their food. They leave the restaurant. And Pastor Jerry's thinking like, this is not ministering to me. <laughs> to imagine eating this food prepared in this kitchen. He said he just couldn't bring himself to do it. He could not bring himself to eat the food. He didn't know what had been running around in the kitchen there. Aren't standards important 
when you feel ministered to? Isn't it important that the standards are right for you to feel ministered to? Well, I'm going to share with you essentially the ways that we can minister to the Lord and the expectation he has from us as we minister. Because aren't standards are important? They are. I know they're important to me. God is not very specific because he's harsh. He's very specific because he's pure. He's not trying to be harsh with them as they're preparing all these details. He's pure. When he was writing this, and this was written in the Old Testament, God was spirit. He had not, Jesus had not come in the flesh and become a man. He is spirit. And so he was not that he was harsh as they prepared to consecrate themselves to minister to him. It's that he's pure and he has expectations on what ministers to him. And he was asking them to prepare themselves in the detail and the manners that ministered to him. We are so used to giving God our list. Now, if you could just do this, never imagine imagining asking, God, what blesses you? Heavenly Father, what blesses you that I do? How can I minister to you? I was driving this week. We had a, a flu hit our house. And um, you ever feel vulnerable after the flu? You just kind of feel like a little bit off. So I was just real tender. I don't know any other way to describe it. I was just kind of vulnerable before the Lord. And I'm driving back from our Anaheim offices after having a meeting there. And I was just kind of like wanting to bless the Lord. I, I just wanted to bless him. So I was just kind of talking to him and just saying like, I just really been longing for you. I'm kind of longing for heaven just to be with you. I just see so much happening around, and I just long for you. I just wanted to tell you I can't wait to be with you, to be forever with you, with you, with you. You know, just ministering to him, just saying, how can I bless you? I surely have my list, friends. We have our lists. I have the things that are concerning me, that I wanted to kind of get, give my rap sheet, you know, I got this situation and you know this and da, da, da. But sometimes it's like we forget that God wants to be ministered to as well. He is so gracious and he's, he's so good to us. The details with which he ministers to us. I remember when we moved into our house in Fullerton there and Joel grew up, my husband, on the island of Oahu. And he didn't really want to move inland. He's a beach guy. He loves to surf. We had more surfboards than anything in our first apartment. I had stacks of boards. And there would just be young guys every afternoon getting off of work, getting out of school, running over to my apartment, grabbing a board because we lived across from the ocean, tearing out into Huntington Beach to surf. That was Joel. You, he would always had a wetsuit that was wet because he was always surfing. So we move, we're moving inland to Fullerton. You're like 25 minutes from the ocean. That was changing you know, 18, 20 years of Joel's normal thing. But, you know, when we got to Fullerton, our front yard had a, has an enormous plumeria tree. It's like enormous. And then we have an indoor atrium that has another enormous plumeria tree. And I remember Joel just telling me one day, like, how that blessed him. That God just planted, it's not like God planted the tree. I mean, the house has been there for 50 years, but he administered to Joel, the detail that, yes, we were on track. We were where God had led us to live. And here was this little sweet, just reminder, 
God's just put like this tropical Hawaiian tree in our front yard. And every, it's always blooming these beautiful flowers. God's always going through the motions of preparing things for you. Do you know that if you have eyes to see, you can see the details with which he wants to lavish his love on you. But do you know that we were created to bless the Lord? And when you grow in Christ, you realize part of your very creation was to minister to him. That his people were made to bring him glory and to minister to him. And it says our praises are a fragrance to him. That, that we are his creation, the pe- his people created to worship and minister to him. So sometimes it's so powerful to not get arrogant and prideful and just think, well, Lord, just do these things for me. You, you know you have all power. You can do it. And never consider how we can bless him and minister to him in the way, this is it, in the way that he receives ministry. Not the way that you're comfortable with, and I'm going to get into that, but in the way that ministers to him. Would we be a people like that, that can minister to the Lord? I want to tell you, it says now in Revelation 5.8, Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp, a golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign on the earth. You are kings and priests. Amen. You are kings and priests created to minister to the Lord. Now, this is where, as I was preparing for this message, I'm going to go into the three ways that we can prepare ourselves to minister to the Lord. But one of them just really struck home with me, and I'm going to share that more specifically. But um, bottom line is, is that your life was created to minister to the Lord, and he has ways um, that that works. He has ways that that works. Number one, let's confess our sins and walk in the light. You know, it's like if we came, imagine if you went to a restaurant and your server came like in their pajamas with their hair all unkept and totally disheveled wearing their pajamas to serve you and minister to you. You would be like, Um, Can you clean yourself up like a little bit? You're in your pajamas. You look like you just rolled out of bed. No, we come prepared. And it's not a ritual. We are not confessing our sins as a way to atone for our sins. The Bible says that Jesus' blood poured out has made you right with the Lord and you are now a king and a priest but it is our the heart of the father that we would come regularly to him confessing and repenting of sin anything that would keep us from right relationship with him keeping yourself in the light Hebrews 9:11 said but Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle tabernacle not made with hands that is not of this creation not with the bloods of goats and calves but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once 
for all, having untamed, obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Amen and amen. I tell you what, these are not ritualistic things. These are whole, this is holy advice from on high to lead you into the most triumphant lifestyle you ever dreamed possible. He is not wanting to take from you. He's wanting to give to you. And he gives you this avenue of right standing before a holy God, confessing sin, keeping stuff in the light. When I deal with my kiddos, if one of them has been lying, we say, now don't you lie to me, you know. And you look them in the eyes. Like, you could just tell. They're like, you know. And then you want them to call it like it is. I've been a liar. I've, I've been wrong. Keeping it, like, clear like that. So when I come to the Lord, I just say things like, I have been coveting, you know. Sianna sounds like, hmm. But whatever it be, call it what it is. Bring it into the marvelous light and let him wash you, sanctify you, and purify you. That ministers to the Lord. He's saying that ministers. But if we walk in the light, 1 John 1, 7 through 9 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We kind of got to say, God, if you call it sin, I'm going to call it sin. If you call it sin, I'm going to call it sin. I'm not going to hide these things. So bring our life into the marvelous light of Christ. Secondly, It says, let us present ourselves to God. The Bible says in Romans 12, 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And if I can be honest, as I was preparing for this time, this very topic right here is what God really impressed upon me. He kind of said in my spirit, Anna, put an X right here so you can see on my notes. I do what he says. And I put an X right there and he said, sacrifice. I want to touch on sacrifice. I listened to a podcast this week from a, a, a pediatrician that was talking to parents and it was a parenting podcast and it didn't have anything to do with this, but she talked about how we're in an age where no one wants to sacrifice anymore. Moms, working moms, want it all. We want it all. We want the beautiful house, the great kids, the full-time job. We think we can have it all, and we want it all. And we're not willing to sacrifice at all for the sake of, of even motherhood sometimes. You will totally forfeit the call of motherhood in order to obtain some level of achievement outside of the home. And she was saying, motherhood is the greatest thing you can do for your kids. So as a mom, I was listening to this podcast and I was, I was really receiving of it and really 
it, the sacrifice of motherhood, I was standing there, and don't feel bad for me, because I'm really not that kind of person that wants sympathy. I'm just telling you, I was standing there one day in my kitchen, running a fever, you know, you're sick with the flu, and I have four kids, and so there's still like sandwiches that need to be made, and um, homework packets, and there's no stopping. It's not like you can just lay there and, and be sick. It's like you're a mom. You know they're sick, and then there's like mom sick, and that looks totally different than other people's sick. And I was sitting there in the sanctity and the holiness of that moment, like totally like I felt like it was sacrificial to serve my family while I felt like I just wanted to lay there and feel sorry, you know, and it felt so right. That's all I can say. It just felt so like beautiful, such a worship to be able to lay it down. And then my little guy, Cameron, he says to me this last week, he says, Mom, so I have a field trip on Tuesday. And I said, yes, I'm fully aware. I have the family calendar. There's like something every day of the week. And he said, Mom, you never been a chaperone at any of my field trips. And I mean, I'm looking out at faces here, and I'm sure there's some moms here, and you didn't miss a thing. You made it happen, and God saw you. You're cutting corners to get to those field trips and bake those cookies and do can I just be honest and just say that I've never been on a field trip with any of my kids? I've been, I just never have. And I don't feel like guilty about it. It's just something I'd never considered that would speak love to my son. And none of the other kids had ever said anything. But Cameron, eight years old, just said, I kind of wish you would go with me on Tuesday and be my chaperone. So I could have just said, like, oh, you know, we have a meeting on Tuesday. It's not really going to work. And da -da. But I didn't. I just said, like, I'm going to email his teacher and ask if there's still room. Because sacrifice looks like denying yourself for someone else. And that's the thing that the Lord is saying here. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is ministry to the Lord. When you sacrifice and it costs you something and it denies your very flesh for the sake of something else, this ministers to the Lord. I want to read you something. It says, the offering of our bodies is not the offering of our bodily looks, but our bodily behavior, how our body behaves. In the Bible, the body is not significant because of the way it looks, but because of the way it acts. The body is given to us to make visible the beauty of Christ and Christ at the hour of his greatest beauty was repulsive to look at at the hour of his most beautiful sacrifice for us. He was repulsive to look at. It says in Isaiah 53, verse 2, he had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by man a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. The beauty of Christ is the beauty of love, not the beauty of looks. His beauty was the beauty of sacrifice, not skin. It was the beauty of sacrifice. And I just have a sense for us in this group here that God is talking. He talked specifically to me about sacrifice. And it's, he's saying in his word that this 
is a ministry to him. Let's present ourselves to God, a living sacrifice that we should honor and worship him with our whole beings. He's so faithful and good. And number three, so number one was we confess our sins, we walk in the light. That ministers to him. Number two, you present your life, your body as a living sacrifice for God's use, for you, him to use you. You know, when it talks about in the early portion that it said it, it they put the blood on the right ear of Aaron and his sons, and they put the blood on the right hand of Aaron and his sons, and they put the blood on the right foot of Aaron and his sons. That, to me, signifies, in a sense, that your, your ears are consecrated for hearing the Lord. Your hands are for his purposes. Your feet are purposed to go where he directs you, not where you want to go, where he's telling you to go. That that is a consecration that symbolizes, you know, the right side being the dominant for most people. Any lefties? Oh, some lefties. Ooh, your left hand. But for most people, right side being dominant. So that's why they consecrated that ear, that hand, that foot, that we would be set apart with our, our, our bodies, our members to God, sacrificing, living sacrifice for him. And number three, it says, let's worship and honor him. You know, who is the one that is more... Um, more highlighted, a person that's seated or the person that's standing? The person that's seated. When you go to a restaurant, you're seated and the person serving you is standing, right? Most often, um, those are who are being served are seated. And the Bible talks about that, that the praises of his people, that God is enthroned in the praise of his people. So what, is, what are you doing when you're on a throne? You're seated. He's enthroned in the praises of his people. And when we worship him, it says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. It says make a joyful what? A shout. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. So if that is what God is saying blesses him. Now, it's like you go to a restaurant and you're seated and you're ordering and you say, I'd like a bacon cheeseburger. And what if the server said, no, you don't want a bacon cheeseburger. Get the salad. No, I want a bacon cheeseburger. Well, here God is saying, this is what blesses me. When you sing, when you make a no joyful noise, when you shout, that blesses me. Well, don't we want to do what ministers to the Lord, not our own? I don't do that, or I don't sing like that, or I'm not boisterous, or I don't raise my, you know. This is what he's saying. Sing, praise. He is enthroned in the praises of his people. It reminds me of a story I heard a pastor share, so I looked it up, and there's... Um, in one of the Carolinas, I think it's North Carolina, there's a Cherry Point Naval Station. And outside of the Naval Station, it's an is a stretch of the highway where um, the fighter planes that come back from protecting our Marines. 
soars over this one spot of the highway. It is super loud. So they've posted these, these signs. And this is what the signs say. It says, pardon our noise. It's the sound of freedom. Pardon our noise. It's the sound of freedom. So that it just lets you know, these guys are coming back. How do many of you know the Marines, when a fighter, when a plane is above, that brings comfort to them? How many of you know knowing our Heavenly Father is hovering about you and protecting you should bring, it brings freedom. For those who Christ is set free are what? Free indeed. So pardon our noise as we worship. Amen. It's our sound of freedom. For Christ has set us free. And that's why we sing. And that's why we shout. And that's why we clap our hands. Even when I'm alone in my house, I'm singing, I love you. You bless me. I want to bless you. I'm loud. And then sometimes I'm quiet and, and reserved and on my knees and tender like that. But sometimes I'm loud because I got freedom. I have discovered for that which I've been created, to minister to the Lord, for him to minister to me. But it goes both ways, and that's why we wanted to talk about that today. These are the things. Lance, you can come. Team, I don't know if you're bringing your whole team. Down. These are the things that minister to the Lord. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. I'm gonna